If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. In the year 2004, time travels a reality. You are charged with violations of TEC code 40.8. Time travel with intent to alter the future. And a crime. It turns out going back in time is a pretty easy way to make money. I think you got yourself a shipment of gold and you're taking a general genie is already out of the bottle. The technology is there. Now, one man. You ever hear the name Aaron McComb? Is about to take the ultimate power trip. He's gonna be president. You don't need the press, you don't need endorsements, you don't even need the truth. You need money. But to enforce the laws of time. Are we still together in ten years? Am I dead? One man is determined to stop him. I cannot go back to save her. This scumbag is not going back to steal money. Stay here, Walker. My future, you're dead. <laughs> I think you plan too far ahead. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ron Silver. Will you get him? Mia Sara. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. I'm Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everybody. Hello. How's everyone tonight? Oh, that was creepy. That's all you got tonight, Mark? <laughs> that was so I, creepy. <laughs> I didn't have anything. I was I was going to act like I was doing my taxes, but I thought that would be boring. So sure. that, Well, you've that. effectively creeped out Dan, so I guess it works. Yeah. Are, were, you, were you doing a split while uh, while saying that? Yes. Okay. That, then that ties into <laughs> Ties into Ties into the movie. Very appropriate. Yes. Mark is well known as splits. Yeah, that's why I'm friends with him. Really, when I first met him, he was just doing a split for no reason. And Constantly. I was like, I need to be friends with this. Guy. It's very agile. Did, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Geek Vibes Nation, Mark, you were able to. Uh, yes. You you were you did your first crossover event, right? How did that yeah. go? Yeah, Geeks Against the Grain. It was uh, yeah. it was good. Um. I think the the fun part is that, um, as I said to you guys, uh, it felt like we will fit in real well um, on their podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you guys maybe more than me because they seem really uh, knowledgeable about comic books and things like that. Now um, I'm nervous because then it, I feel like I really have to bring my A game with that kind oh, of no, stuff. No, trust me, <laughs> you I know was... what I mean. Because they're gonna be like, yeah, you know, an issue. 57 they of don't volume 8. No. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know that stuff. No, it's just... <laughs> uh, and, and it's well known on this podcast that, that I've read some comic books, but not as much as, as the two of you. Um, but, you know, the, the one discussion, because we did Spider-Man Homecoming, and so the one discussion became, you know, that they decided to choose the ultimate Spider-Man over Amazing Spider-Man, you know, sort of, you know, stuff like that. And that, that I would have, honestly, like... 
I wouldn't have known there was a difference. <laughs> like, sure. Well, you effectively said that you hated Spider-Man Homecoming. So, I mean, I guess it's all fine. It's okay yeah. to be wrong, Mark. <laughs> yeah, like, my whole point in that... <laughs> yeah. just brushes it off. Yeah, sure. Yeah, my whole point in that is that... This is not a Spider-Man Homecoming podcast, Mark, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> not to cut you off. I like the off. story, too. It, it was a good <laughs> second rewatch after playing the game and seeing Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Not to cut you off, but we do have an agenda here today. Now, uh, let me talk about... I, mo- ju- <laughs> I just got Mark in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about Spider-Man Homecoming or QAnon or Chemtrails. There will be no Spider-Man in this podcast. Do you understand me? I will turn this podcast around. We have a point to make this week, and this week we are talking about Dark Horse comic movies. So this week, Hellboy, despite everyone not caring that it's coming out, is eventually going to have to come out. One way or the other. Currently, I, I care. Go, going by the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes stuff, I feel like we watched a better movie. Mm-hmm. We it currently stands at nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. With thirty three yeah. reviews in, so people are hotly anticipating it. And <laughs> so, what we decided to do is we decided to stick to other Dark Horse adaptations. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know, some of those things include Tank Girl, Rock. Rocketeer, uh, the original uh, Hellboy movies, Barbed Wire. Um, but this week we decided to, you know, not necessarily go with a superhero movie uh, of sorts because we've done those before in the past. Uh, so we decided to go Time Cop from 1994 yes. starring Jean Claude Van Damme. So, gentlemen, uh, just quickly, what is your experience with Jean Claude Van Damme movies? Bloodsport. Okay. Street Fighter. Yes. Okay. Sudden Death. Oh, wow. Yes. So you are a Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, fan. And hold, there was one movie I saw more recently. It's He's stranded on a desert island. I forget the name of it, but he, he pretty is much... Is being hunted? Is that the John Woo film? No, this is more much more recent. Uh, maybe like three years ago. Oh, okay. I, I, there's a plane crash, and he's a survival expert, and he's with a bunch of... Uh, oh, it's it's a an office retreat and they wind up getting stranded on a desert island or a, on an island and he helps them survive but it turns out he's kind of a phony it's weird i don't know the name of it i'd have to look it up but i i've i've dabbled welcome to the jungle yes i think that's what it is that yeah. sounds familiar okay and he was also the original predator yes and but so- well he never made it to screen though he tested for it he was right. he was in the There's costume a different costume yes yeah, yeah. It, it looked like shit too but uh, yeah, so I dabble in some uh, JVCD, or JCVD. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, not enough to know that it's JCVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Mark? Um, all the movies Dan mentioned. Uh, the only other one I've seen, I think it's Double Team. It's the one with Dennis Rodman, I believe. <laughs> That's true. Double Team, yep. <laughs> yep. I, so you guys are closet Jean-Claude fans. I got to tell you, I don't think I've seen a single film of his before this besides Street Fighter. Oh, wait a minute. Not closet. I, we were never asked. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest, look at my uh, history of action movies, and you wouldn't think Jean-Claude Van Damme movies would have shown up at some point. I'm just, I'm just surprised because he's, <laughs> he's a guy that doesn't really get his due. In well, terms of like '90s action stars, well, he and got he's overshadowed by the others, right? Stallone uh, but, and Schwarzenegger. But arguably, he's more talented in terms of uh, athleticism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
but he's, uh, he's just not he's not nearly up to par with acting ability okay he's not he's not terrible but he who would you say uh, who would you say is the better actor uh, out of all three of them yeah probably That's stallone i guess stallone but Honestly, besides take away any Rocky movie and any Rambo movie, is there any movie that he's that you consider good? Copland. Copland. Copland was not very. Good. <laughs> it was the only other movie that came into my head. But oh, that's really? a Jersey movie. So it is a Jersey movie. I think Jersey. Um, no, it's somewhere. Uh, and like not all the Rambo movies are very good. <laughs> no, like you pretty I mean, much get First Blood and Rambo. That's pretty much movie. it. Well, no, First Blood is. First Blood, and then the last Rambo movie was just oh, called Rambo. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay. Yes. I yeah. saw that on my birthday. Um, yeah, you know, maybe you're right. No, I can't think of another Stallone movie where he's actually good in it. Good, good. Yeah. I just feel like you would you, you would say Jean-Claude Van Damme's name in the same breath as you would Steven Seagal. Yes. And that's not really fair to Jean-Claude no. Van Damme not at all. all. No, he, he's, um, a, he's a better athlete and actor in Seagal. Yeah, and he's not uh, a sociopath. He's a little... He's eccentric, but not... As, sure. as yeah, he's not Nicolas Cage eccentric. Has Jean-Claude Van Damme ever slow-motion beat up Russians at a karate event? <laughs> Jeez, those things are hilarious. We're, they pretty much just... He, it's like the force push, and they, these guys go flying back. But do do we count the Expendables that he's in? He is in Expendables 2, which I so have I, not seen. I count that as well, so I've seen him. In- um, you know, I feel like he would have been good in The Meg instead of Jason Statham. Okay. I, I, I would have rather have seen him now. Sure. That's right up his alley. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess Jean-Claude Van Damme has just been a blind spot for me in terms of movies. Uh, this is my first time watching uh, Time Cop. Have you guys seen this before or no? This is your first no. time? Yes. I've so- never seen it. I've heard of it, but never seen it. Mark, you've yeah. seen this several times. I've, <laughs> I, I've seen it. Uh- this is... Through the entire week, this has never come up that you've seen it before. <laughs> so um, it's like you guys te- are hiding te- it. Teenage me found this and got a nice little puberty moment when seeing Mia Sarah in this movie after being obsessed with Ferris Bueller. So that was my first experience with this. Yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, Mark, this was on. Stands. We've we've decided we decided on this movie about a week ago. Yeah, and right. you're saying now. You've, you've seen this several times. Well, you see, now that I feel like that's more closeted because yeah. I was never asked about this. I'm yeah, blown so, away is all I'm saying. Is it's flabbergasted. So Not even like right before we came on to the, record this podcast, the five minutes we were talking on Skype before we pressed record, <laughs> uh, it never came up. Oh. Are you betrayed? Do you love you this movie? Me? Mark, do you like this movie? Yeah. No, I like this movie, but uh, I don't love it. Um, yeah, so I've seen, you know, uh, not very recently, but uh, of the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, I've seen only this and Bloodsport multiple times. So Just just Street Fighter for me. I think I've seen Street Fighter maybe 10 times. And, and Bloodsport was just because we had it on VHS. So That's not a bad of, movie, though. I've yeah. just been blindsided throughout the whole beginning of this podcast. <laughs> you think uh, you know a guy. Yeah, right? I don't think I've seen Street <laughs> Fighter in like 20 years. Um, so this is really my first adult like as an adult, this is my first foray into Jean Claude Van Damme, and I fucking love this movie. I gotta be honest, <laughs> it's, with you guys. it's it's real I, good. I saw. I think I'm amongst the minority does not like this movie. I thought it was pretty bad, oh, and even so even for a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, it doesn't have the same kind of fun as Street Fighter did. 
you know, Street Fighter is more campy. This one was very serious, and it to me it didn't work. Uh, I disagree. I love this one. It was so much fun for me. I this is going to be a good discussion then. Oh my god, the sound effects in this movie. Oh, it's just so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is so over the top. Yeah. In terms well, of every kick, every punch. Oh my god, it was amazing. <laughs> if you if you think about it, I the, the first thing that I was disappointed in, he only does two splits throughout the whole movie. But, That's but the most iconic fear. split in his career is in this movie. Within the underwear? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's cool and all, but that's a severe lack of splits from the man who is known for it. There should you have get, been at least five. You get two splits and a ton of kicks. You do and get you, kicks. And yeah. you, there are kicks, and you, you see some, uh, some Jean-Claude Van Damme booty. Yeah, you get booty, you get tits from Ferris Bueller's <laughs> girlfriend, and you get Bush. Um, did you? You do get Bush. I, I have not I from her. Bush. Not from her. No, from you the uh, the VR, the VR one. And and that was another one. That was just like boom, tits. <laughs> that and was you, the one I warned you. About. You did warn me. You did warn me. So I was like, oh, oh shit. Because <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah what, that warning as soon as the Mia Sarah part popped up, I checked the time and it was before when you said that would occur. And I'm like, oh, can't wait to remember this that I had completely forgotten about. And it popped up. I was like, oh, that makes sense for the time period. No, what are you going to do? I totally enjoyed this one. I thought what I thought how they handled time travel was kind of fun. Um, yes. I, I thought I, I, I thought the action I, I could use more action. I'm not going to lie. Could use a little bit more fighting, more kicking, more punching. Mm-hmm. A little uh, more fighting. A little more fighting. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I dug it. I love the style. I love what they thought 2004 is going to look like. Oh, my God. With, like, just everyone's got hockey hair and just <laughs> breakdancing clothes for some reason. <laughs> I th- you see, now, and this is everybody's where got we boots. differ. Everybody's got, like, utility boots on. I, I like the, the, the cops have the sweet vests, like the, the, the jackets, uh, they were like hip-hop jackets almost they they were pretty sweet but i disagree with the time travel i thought the time travel was pretty dumb the way they did uh, it's a little inconsistent it, it's very inconsistent because can i say it now or do we did we want yeah, to wait no or... we'll, we'll, we can talk about it now and then we'll get into the plot yeah. uh, so basically you're on this like test track mm-hmm. in this futuristic uh capsule i guess and it it shoots you forward and then when you go through time, you appear, but not in the time capsule. Yeah. You it just, just standing up you for some reason. So I don't it know. Makes no sense. Yeah. I don't know how he comes back in the time cap in the uh, the capsule. Right. Is there a know. junction point somewhere where you, you know, you, you, so you start in 2004, but you want to go back to 1929. You get in your time capsule, you go and there's like a little junction point and it just spits you out. And then when you hit the return button you go back to the junction point i don't you know they don't explain that and i don't it, know it, it bothered me really badly because it makes no sense and when my tri- i like my time travel movie sure but it sets in stage the number one rule in all time travel movies is don't cock block your younger self <laughs> but that happens in every almost every single time travel movie. sure but he's just like he he finds his wife and he's just like do exactly what you're gonna do and he's just <laughs> like <laughs> all right well you probably could have just like not even interrupted her right because that was going to happen regardless just be right. there to stop what happened he so he listens to himself fucking his wife his dead wife it's a very 
you know, when you say it that way... Very sounds, surreal moment for him. Yeah, it's very morose, too. Right. Just, uh, this is my dead wife banging younger me. Mm-hmm. I would have gone back and gave my younger self tips on how to do <laughs> it. So he, listen, man, she likes it this way, all right? So go, well, go how, about it this way. Well, how would you know she's been dead for 10 years? But He, he knows your wife, your dead wife better than you know your dead wife. That's a good point. Because he's it's fucked true. her more recently. So what, what what would you go back and say? Would you go back and tell her, say, hey, listen, man, just go buck wild on her because she might die tonight. <laughs> right? Just like, if you, like, pull out, just spray it everywhere. At <laughs> uh, one time. It's not going to matter because she might die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Like, he could get, like, if she gets mad, it doesn't matter. Right, because, you know, the house is going to, just, just go for it. Live. <laughs> Live a little before you die. So are we all in agreement that that's the number one thing we would have told our younger selves? Uh, sure. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Besides, obviously, we've been on this podcast before. The first, time, the first thing we would do is go back to the 1980s and pitch a, a boxing movie starring Teen Wolf and Frankenstein's Monster. I think we're all pretty much on record. That's somewhere. Yeah, I, somewhere either on the podcast or on Twitter, on social media, we are on record saying that is the number one thing we've... Yep. I, I laughed way too hard at T3, where however you spell Teen Wolf 3. Teen Wolf with the 3. Yeah. yeah. It just, just makes sense. I mean, uh, this thing really just writes itself. I am yeah. in advertising, guys. I do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> well, why are we... You're wasting your talents on other people's projects. When we okay. could be working on... My secret talent is naming sequels. So if you've got a sequel, Two Aside Squad, I already have uh, trademarked. Two Aside Squad. <laughs> would you would now would you put respect under that with the two instead of yes? No, it's just the number two I C I D E squad. <laughs> I I would go see that. Right. Well, it's directed by James Gunn. <laughs> well, regardless. So we know that that's what we would do if we go. So the, the two things we do, we, we go back and we just, we put it wherever we want on our dead wife. <laughs> well, no, you, you're, <laughs> no, you're not putting it anywhere on your dead wife. Your younger self, you're saying well, your younger self. Yes, but but would by, you, you would eavesdrop on yourself fucking your, your dead wife at that point, right? Essentially, if my younger self is doing it, ergo I'm doing it, mm. I would have done it in the future, Right. Right. Or when I get to the future, I would like, I would have that talk with my wife. Like, hey, remember that time when you just you slapped me in the forehead with your dick? Like, oh, yeah, that was a great night. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I would have done it. it but would you have that memory? Yes, I think so. Oh, no, maybe not. Yeah. Right, because Cause he, has, end, he doesn't have memory of right. him having that little fat nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Right. So maybe you that, don't. That but, is, well, that is one thing. They could cast a little better for these two kid. This like pale, white, chubby kid. It looked like me when I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a very generic blonde haired boy. With a bowl cut. Fucking nineties yeah. with a you can't escape those bowl cuts in the mid nineties. <laughs> right. You would think he would have had a sweet hairdo in two thousand four. That's right. Yeah, because it is 2004. But there is there are a few things that they missed on that. They did get like drive self driving cars. They're a little little early on that. Yeah. Um. They still had VHSs in 2004, which I guess they still technically did have VHS, but it was being phased out at that point. They they had uh like Siri kind of things, right? Where you know, uh, lights, television, yeah. Alexa. Tape. Yeah, Alexa. Yep. So they had that. Uh, I think. What else did they really show off? Well, VR porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's VR a thing. Porn. 
I wouldn't know though. Yeah. I've never, I've never won. <laughs> um, so, uh, you want guys want to get into the plot? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. At this point. Um, so we, this is Time Cop from 1994, directed by Peter Hyams, H Y A M S, Hyams, starring Jean Claude Van Damme, Mia Sara, Ron Silver, Bruce McGill, and Gloria Rubin. It has a 5.9 on IMDb and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 45%. Better know, boy. Yeah, that's, I think that's about par for the course with John claude Van Damme. Movie. Yeah. I was surprised the audience score was very low on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, I think that would be like higher. It was 20? like 20-something. 20, 20 okay. So, I'm not surprised by that. This movie sucked. No, it didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. It it's sucked. So, it's so awesome. I love it. <laughs> Go on. Prove me wrong. Uh, so we open debate me yeah <laughs> debate me you coward <laughs> that's uh, how you beat. <laughs> uh so it opens up 1863 georgia uh some confederate soldiers are transporting some gold bullion a uh, guy in a slicker comes upon them holds them up with a futuristic gun and robs them of all their gold kills them all a uh, very quick scene we don't see any of these people ever again even the the more f- the futuristic guy. We cut to 1994 in Washington D.C. Um, and the uh, a Senate committee or something is gathering in in a in an office discussing this that there was an arms deal made with the same Confederate gold. And uh, this uh, one guy kind of basically just drops all the exposition of time travel in this movie into this one scene. He basically says that we need to come up with a uh, agency in order to uh, stop people using time travel travel to their financial gain uh, or any other kind of crimes that they commit using time travel. Uh, this committee uh, includes Senator McComb, played by Ron Silver, who decides to lead the board to start the TEC. Um, meanwhile, yeah, he or- does a pretty poor job of not completely foreshadowing um, what his character will become in this scene. Well, he's trying to be diabolical, Mark. Yeah, but it's he's very shadowy. Yeah, I mean, he looks like Ellis from Die Hard. He does look like Ellis. That's a good point. <laughs> so he's already got that '80s scumbag look to him. Still 1994. <laughs> um, but that's the end of the scene. Basically, the scene is just there for exposition, kind of give us the the points of time travel. You can't go forward because forward hasn't been created yet, but you can go back. I like you, that. Yeah, that, that's a cool rule. Yeah. I'm telling you, they do they do time machine time travel better than anybody, bar none, in this movie. <laughs> uh, and and they that... even and they even bring up the biggest time travel question: going back and killing baby Hitler. Right. Wait, they I I know they mentioned that. What does he say there? Because it'll the consequences it'll... could be catastrophic. Okay. Although it's like, well, let's let's see where that goes. Like, can't roll you the just dice like, on that, right? Yeah. Can't you just be like, send someone kill baby Hitler? Oh my God. Worst things happen. Send another guy back and just stop the guy that killed baby Hitler. Well, like, hold on, buddy. <laughs> right, we're canceling this project. Right. We're like, oh, okay. You're me, so I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I can't imagine stopping Hitler. Like, what what could be the worst thing? He killed 500 million people. How could it be? Whatever happens next can't be any worse than. Right. I think your numbers are a little high, but yeah, that is the point. <laughs> well, in, in general, he killed millions he killed, of people. Yeah, he killed six million Jews and uh, a few million others. Yeah, the, the yeah. thought would be is some 
the next person could be somebody that was successful. Right. Maybe Stalin kills 100 million people or 100 yeah. million more people if we're being yeah. realistic <laughs> with <laughs> Stalin. Um, yeah. I mean, it's that was that's the one conceit of like those things when like especially with like Back to the Future when because that's the whole Doc Brown thing. Back to the Future is like anything you do can affect what happens in the in the future in the future. But it's like if I stop you from dying, what's really the worst thing that could happen? You know, <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. It's it can't be that bad. Right. So that's always the conceit of time travel. And the thing with time travel movies, too, it's always like if you're in the future, you're if you send someone in the past, it should be like instantaneous effects. Like with Terminator, it's mm-hmm. like if you send if you send a T-800 in the back to kill Sarah Connor, you should know immediately whether or not he he succeeds. <laughs> yeah. In the future. Right. Right. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've always thought of that. Wouldn't they know? Like, okay, well, he obviously failed because this is still happening. So send another one back. Right. You just keep sending him back. It's a continuous loop. <laughs> send all the T-800s yeah, one I'm... second after another. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's just a continuous loop of T-800s. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. If if they just sent two T-800s back, Kyle, Kyle Reese would have failed. There right. was no way he's stopping two. Well, you couldn't even <laughs> stop one. Yeah. Right. He doesn't stop it. Uh, Sarah Connors does. Right. Uh, there was definitely no way that she wasn't going to. That right. she would, even if you just send out send enough to like track down all the Sarah Connors and kill them. So like, let's say you send three T eight hundreds and they just split up the work of trying to find Sarah Connor. It'd probably <laughs> kill them. It'd probably kill her before Kyle Reese ever went back. But yeah, it it probably ends in the first act. Right. The movie ends in the first act. Yeah, I guess that's the point. There would be no movie. <laughs> right. And more importantly, there would be no Terminator 2 Judgment Day. There you go. Or you could do Terminator 2 Judgment Day to send the Terminator back to kill the Terminator that kills Sarah Connor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we did it again. By gum, we've done it again. <laughs> so uh, after the exposition dump, we get a uh, shot of the scene at the mall. Uh, Mia Sarah is walking around the mall. She comes upon a clock store with all ticking clocks as does anybody really know what time it is plays by Chicago. So (laughs) we have a time idea here. Um, She gets approached by Walker, our hero, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. They act like they aren't married, but they are totally married. And then he sticks his tongue down her throat. (laughs) As one (laughs) does. You gonna tell me you've never done that to your wife, Aunt? Come on. Right, right in the middle of the mall. Maybe at yeah. like a, maybe at like a club, but not at the mall in like the middle of the day. I don't do that anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it creeps me out. <laughs> oh no, it totally does. I'm saying that I was probably pretty drunk if it ever did happen. That makes sense. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Anyone doing it creeps me. Even oh, yeah. like the hottest people in the world do it. Like, nope, don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> And he he sticks his tongue down her throat real hard in this. You think uh, it was called for? Uh, I, it script? seemed like it was consensual. Okay. It seemed like they both they're both both very attractive people. I'm I'm not a fan of it. I'm, getting, I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable. They were probably just feeling it, man. I'm sure they boned yeah, in their trailers. Did. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. No. Why not? Well, let's go back in time and find out. <laughs> go, go to the, the filming of Time Cop and just hang out outside the trailers to see what happens. Are you guys boning or not? <laughs> this could be a huge waste of time travel if you're not. Maybe that's what maybe that's what heals the world. If we go back in time and we just get Mia Sarah and Jean-Claude Van Damme to bone. 
<laughs> and everything after that is, is everything's right with the world. Yep. You know, it's worth a shot. We just got to get that time travel working. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so they make out hardcore, and then all of a sudden, a purse snatcher snatches an old lady's purse. John on rollerblades. On rollerblades. Uh, very 90s. Um, <laughs> a walker almost kicks him in the throat, but he thinks better of it. Tells the guy to give the purse back. Guy gives the purse back. Uh, and then that little that re- little scuffle is over. We find out Walker is a cop. And he is uh, mulling over a new job offer. And uh, what I like about this one scene. Because it always comes off to me as funny. And like with Arnold Schwarzenegger movies specifically. But no one ever calls out his accent. Yeah. yeah. And I thought the same this, thing. And in this movie, she just makes fun of his accent and how she basically says he can't speak English properly. <laughs> in the mall. That's right. Yeah. That's I think good. that's funny because, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's always got like like some, a movie like Jingle All the Way. His name yeah. is like Howard Langston and he <laughs> lives in Minnesota and he <laughs> just talks with an Australian accent. And his kid doesn't pick it up at Austrian all. Austrian accent, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you would, you and would like think the kid would have picked up some of that accent, sure. Or like he would recognize that when he's in the Turbo Man costume at the end of the movie, yes. that hey, Turbo Man has the exact same Austrian yes. accent that my dad does, and hey, Johnny Turbo Man's a six four bodybuilder. Yeah, Isn't it, this weird? For for sure, it's the Howard Lanks. Yeah, that that maybe it was shortened when his family came over, but that makes no sense because uh. he would have an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> I think they stopped shortening people's names like pre World War II, though. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, it's like coming into Ellis Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's but that's what I was going for when his family first came over. But clearly, that's not the case because he would not have an Austrian accent. Yeah. But um, I stay, I stand by it. He, yeah. for some reason, Howard Langston's family, his parents came into Ellis Island for no reason. And they shortened their names. <laughs> That's the only way they knew how to get get to the U.S. <laughs> That's right. It took a boat. It took like three weeks. <laughs> the father died of like typhoid. <laughs> this is how we read it in the books. Yeah. Uh, when he when he was younger, he, he had to be like quarantined for two weeks because he got scurvy or something. <laughs> That's great. Oh, we all laughing way too hard. It's... <laughs> oh, so, shit. Time Cop, yeah. uh, this whole this scene also talks about the future. There's a lot of foreshadowing towards the future and talks about stuff like that. And then it's fuck time. And yeah. if you ever want, and if you ever wanted to see the tits of Ferris Bueller's girlfriend, this is the movie to do it in. Because um, he she gets absolutely railed by Jean Claude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is something I've noticed in a lot of movies. That that one that one position where they're they're, they're facing each other and they're both in the sitting position. That's not comfortable. Yeah. I, I I've I've tried it, and, and I'm not trying to say like I, I do the sex. <laughs> Trust is, me, ladies and gentlemen, I have sex all the time. This Congrats. is Congrats on the sex, Dan. <laughs> this isn't yeah. me patting myself on the back. <laughs> Fucking nerds. I, <laughs> <laughs> You have to, you have to, uh, re- you have to just make sure people know because Mark ma- said you were a comic book nerd. Right. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so doing like, that position is not practical unless John Claude Van Damme has just a monster hog. <laughs> I think obviously Which he does. He does. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming. 
I mean, I didn't I didn't pause it during when he's in his underwear, but I'm assuming he's packing. <laughs> Maybe is it is is it as well known as Michael Fassbender's hog? I mean, he put that on film. Ooh. I don't know if Jean Claude Van Damme ever did. Well, that's what I mean. Like, is it is it a well known Hollywood fact that yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme is packing some serious heat? Uh, maybe it's a Brussels fact. <laughs> maybe is, is that is that a stereotype? Men from Brussels. That's right. It's Brussels well, it's, love muscles. It is one now. <laughs> oh, so yeah, but when I'm watching it, I just I always think to myself, it it looks very passionate. Obviously, you know, you're facing each other. They're up in each other's grills, but it's just it's not. It it just doesn't feel good from experience. That's all I wanted to say. It it look it looks good on camera. I think it yeah, is probably the only reason. Uh, it, it's bodies to... bodies entwined, and you're getting uh, you know. It's, especially if you're only allowed to show top up nudity on the female actress. Sure, it's a lot easier. What a fucking prude. <laughs> you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta show some crazy shit. Like, did you ever see uh, uh, Heartbreak Kid, the the remake? Yeah. And he's giving her like the jackhammer. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want to see. I want to see John Claude Van Jan- John Claude Van Damme jackhammering Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. Yeah, she didn't even show butthole in this movie. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, it's a waste. <laughs> and that right. is why I don't like this. Movie. Yeah, we are still we're like in the third scene. <laughs> Sit tight, There's everybody. We got we got a two hour podcast coming up. <laughs> um. Okay, so he gets a call uh, from work in the middle of the night. He's got to go into work because he's a cop. I guess that's a thing that cops do. Um, his wife, Ferris Bueller's girlfriend, has some cryptic words for him. Obviously, we know as intelligent people that uh, she's pregnant, but she does. She wants to tell him that, but he, she doesn't. So he goes off and he gets attacked on his way to work by some future goons with hockey hair um, as he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Uh, he gets shot, but he's wearing a vest, and he goes to try and save her because she's like locked in the house with these goons, and the house blows up in spectacular fashion. It's so, a pretty good explosion. So she's dead. <laughs> yeah, very, very dead. <laughs> very dead. She's in the millions of pieces. Um, yeah, she's probably vaporized. Yeah. So uh, we cut to 1929. Uh, they're in a stock market crash. Uh, we meet a guy named Atwood who is cleaning up on the stock market uh, because it turns out he's a time traveler and Walker's former partner. Walker comes to arrest him. Uh, Atwood sticks some goons on him. We get some kicks, splits, and some amazing sound effects. And the first shot of the weird future guns that they use in the... Well, this is the second because the future gun was also used in 1863. Right, the, the those, submachine guns. Yeah, those kind of look normal. Whatever this shotgun he was pulling out is the first weird-looking one. My uh, favorite, my favorite actor in this scene is the cop, the uh, like the Irish cop. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastard. Tomorrow would have been a better day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just the, like I said earlier, I especially in this scene specifically is where I noticed that the sound effects are incredible in this fight scene. Just everything just sounds so brutal. Just the punches yeah. that like. That wet slap sound of these punches and these kicks. Oh, my goodness. It's essentially a Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. It just, every punch sounds like an Indiana Jones whip crack. (laughs) That's a a good way to put it. 
That just is pretty good. True chef kiss emoji. <laughs> <laughs> That's is this your new thing? This yes. is the second time you said it. Mwah. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a fan of it. Don't stop saying yeah. it. I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's per, it's perfect. Whoever did the sound design in this movie, they they earned their fucking paycheck. I gotta tell you, it was uh, John Claude Van Damme. That's how he sounds. <laughs> Those are real kicks. Yep, his his kick sounds like an Indiana Jones whip crack. Yeah, they just his they kicks mic'd break his the foot. sound barrier. They mic'd his foot and they just got the sound like that. <laughs> Uh, so Atwood begs Walker not to bring him in. He says, uh, Macomb, Senator Macomb, will kill him. Attempts to jump out a window, uh, but Max is able to time travel him back to 2004 um, and stands trial. Uh, he's found guilty and he's sent back to death anyway. <laughs> but that confused me too. Why do they do that? Why not, ju- why not just give him the chair or something along the lines in 2004 instead of sending him back to plummeting to his death in 1929. I do not know, but it's, it's cool. Amazing. It's cool. Yeah. It's just to show that cop again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My favorite part. So we learned this is 2004 and John Claude Van Damme's character, Max is uh, still a veteran cop of, for the TEC and he's got excellent hair in this, in this aspect of the movie. I was going to ask you, sweet mullet. Which version do you like, younger version or older version? Older Jean Claude's got got the great hair. He does yeah. have a 94, wild. Ninety four Van Damme's got 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 a tight crew cut. He has a wild mane of hair, man. It's pretty glorious. Now here's a question. Okay. Whose mullet's better, Jean Claude Van Damme or Malibu's? Mal, oh, come on. Are we? Re- is this really a question? Yeah, I'm asking come the on. question. So answer it. Malibu, all the way, all yeah. the way. I don't disagree. I'm yeah, because he has the he has the beach, you know, the beach bum look. Mm-hmm. Tanned, got the fucking party party in the back, business in the front. Like John Claude Van Damme's hair is all just like all party. There's no business there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is another opportunity to tell Darren McBee if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Sure. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about your hair for an hour. It's possible. Yeah. You don't think it is? We can do. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at this point, Senator Macomb visits the TEC. He's now a presidential candidate. Uh, Walker and Macomb kind of dance around certain information. Walker, more or less, is kind of telling Macomb that he suspects him of being involved in Atwood's uh, reason for being back in, uh, in the stock market uh, situation. Uh, meanwhile, Macomb is trying to shut down the TEC. Um, we don't quite know why at this point, but we do eventually figure out that he wants, essentially, time travel for himself. He can go back in time and make some tons of money because he's got a presidential campaign he's running right now. Yeah. Um, so we get a scene while he after, after he visits the TEC and tells them that it's his mission to shut them down. We have a scene where he brutalizes one of his aides um and this is part where uh, this movie hits a little too close to home uh, <laughs> um because macomb macomb's got some choice lines throughout this movie and this is the first time we hear a great one that kind of uh is very prophetic of how uh, how we are living in 2019 right now yes. um he has a fight with his aide um and he says uh i have this exact line here he says Elections are one with television. You don't need the press, don't need endorsements, you don't even need the truth. You need money. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then also in this scene, uh the news talking in the background 
mentions like the uh, border closing party and all this other weird shit that is very different watching this in 2019 than in the early 2000s. I, I think you're a little bit of ahead of it, but okay. yes, um, that's the scene. That's the scene coming up. Okay. Uh, yeah, because uh, I do have that written down. It is pretty pretty prophetic, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the only. I don't think he was the only person in movies to do that, though. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the. Uh, I think the president in Tank Girl was done the same way. I could be wrong though. Sure. But. But it, it's it's pretty weird how this was in the 90s and and even before that this was kind of thought of as a farce where a reality star would become president mm-hmm. and look at it now craziness yeah um so basically we find out that um Macomb had sent Atwood back uh I don't know they never really discuss how they had met each other because Atwood was Walker's uh, former um partner. But essentially, Atwood was back in 1929 to make money via the stock market for Macomb to essentially uh, fund his campaign. Uh, then we get we cut back to um, the scene, scenes at the TEC. Walker tells his boss, Matuzik, Matu- um, played by Bruce so. McGill, uh, yeah. that, at, that before Atwood died, he named Macomb as his financier to go back in time. Matuzik kind of ignores him. He says, you, you really kind of don't have proof. Why don't you, uh, why don't you go home and take, take it easy. You haven't been, you, you need a, a social life. Um, so do you want to say anything about Bruce McGill, Mark? Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, he's um, MacGyver's helper, correct? Uh, I don't know. I just know, I was surprised that Bruce McGill was not a bad guy in this movie. Yeah, I was usually plays a bad guy. Yeah, I'm on IMDb now just to piece the guy that helps MacGyver. He is in one episode of the new MacGyver, so possibly. Yeah, he plays Jack Dalton in the old MacGyver series. Jack Dalton. Yeah, he's like the guy that helps him get around Mm -hmm. and stuff is his best friend in it. But yeah, Bruce McGill. That to be honest, outside of uh, Van Damme, um, back when I probably originally um, saw this movie like previews in theaters as a kid. he was probably the second most recognizable person I saw in this movie. Sure. Just from a history of watching MacGyver reruns over <laughs> and over again. So it was great to be reminded that he is in this movie. Um, uh, he's because, a very good character actor. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's real good. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was he you could never figure out if it was the writers playing off or him himself playing off the fact that he's been a bad guy in a lot of the stuff he's in, you know, with just the way he you think it's like, oh, he's going to be the one that's going to be bad, mm-hmm. you know? And then it turns yeah. out, you know, they just play Spoiler alert, somebody else turns, is a turn curve. Yeah, we'll, we'll find that out soon. But yeah, I, I like that, that they, they skirted around that in the first couple scenes and he played it really well. So then we get some sweet automated driving scene of, yeah. uh, in 2004. So we're about 15, 15 years early. Um, Max goes home and watches home movie, home videos of his dead wife. Uh, so there's still VHS in 2004 in this world. Uh, and this is where we hear the news report of the white supremacist party. <laughs> I miss, I miss that. Uh, they have qualified for matching funds, yep. sparking many groups to petition for the abolition of the matching funds practice, which is like, yeah. now that the fact that there's a white supremacist party. Yeah. They're, they're just upset that they're going to get matching campaign funds. Yeah. Um, and this also, this news report also kind of mentions that Macomb is running out of money, 
and he might have to pull out of the presidential campaign because of that. Um, and essentially, it's because uh, Atwood is, has been killed. Um, so Max falls asleep on his couch, and uh, some goons come into his house, into his apartment. Uh, there's a guy with a taser and a guy with some knives. The worst uh, knife fighter I've seen in the movie. Ooh. This is a bad knife <laughs> fight. I will yeah. say. It's a very bad knife fight. It it looks like they're like they're fighting with butter knives. Uh, <laughs> well, it's essentially in the knife fight, Jean Claude Van Damme is just holding the knife in front of him while the other man attacking attacks, him just attacks hits the, the, knife. the knife. Yeah, yeah. he just attacks the knife. He's yeah. not even trying to hit Van Damme. It's just yeah. hit the knife. Well, you know, Van Damme isn't known for his his weapon play. He's a okay. uh, he's a he's a hand to hand guy. So he was probably a little bit out of his element. You know, you get Seagal for the you get Seagal for the weapon play. If you've ever seen Out for Justice and you've yep. seen him get attacked by sticks in the bar, you know he's excellent at weapon play. But See, I didn't. I'm not. So you're more of a Seagal guy than a Van Damme guy. No, I, I would say Van Damme is better. I would say Seagal's magnum opus is Out for Justice. That is an excellent <laughs> movie. That's not with DMX, is it? No, it is with. Uh, it is shot in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, and it, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy that played, uh, Michael Myers' stepdad in Halloween. Okay. Is the bad guy in it. He plays Richie. Is that how he sounds? Is that anybody see Richie? Oh, gee. Everybody, see what, everybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? <laughs> Bobby Lupo. I think I grew up with Bobby Lupo. <laughs> Essentially, uh, Richie killed a cop, and Steven Seagal's character is trying to figure out why and where he is, so kill him. And he beats he beats him with like uh, uh, we're getting on so many tangents, but essentially at the end of the at the end of Out for Justice, like Richie is severely overmatched because, as anybody knows, Steven Seagal has never gotten hit in any of his movies. <laughs> He's never taken a punch. He's always on God mode. He's always on God mode. Um, and Richie, <laughs> just like anything that's not nailed down, Richie tries to hit Steven Seagal with, who immediately takes it from him and then hits him with it. <laughs> We're talking anything from like pots and pans to like a loaf of Italian bread. <laughs> Sounds it's about right. Super silly, but the movie's amazing. Anyway, um, so there's a guy with a taser, a guy with some knives. Um, Eventually, a, a bottle, a, a jug of water gets knocked over. I think I'm not sure if it was five gallons or two gallons. <laughs> four gallons. Four gallons. Yeah. It's four gallons. Okay. Um, and the guy with the taser tries to electrocute uh, Max, but this is where we get our classic Van Damme yeah. split on the kitchen counter, and uh, the guy accidentally electrocutes himself instead. Uh, he tosses both these the guys through his door. Um, this is when Agent Fielding shows up. Yeah. Uh, Agent Fielding, played by Gloria Rubin, who took, is a member of Internal Affairs. It took me a while to realize where I'd seen her from before. And it took IMDb that she was on ER for 100 episodes. I thought it was Ray Don Chong, but yeah. it was not. Um, yeah. I recognize her from as uh, an, a woman 20 years older in uh, Mr. Robot. She played his psychiatrist in the first season. Yeah. Yeah, she had the, the reason... Um, I went straight to ERs because she had the same hair, like cut that she has in this one, sure. and I was like, I, I know that exact look. And then when I looked at, it, I was like, Oh yes, yes. Hundred episodes, hundred episodes. That's uh, that's a long, yeah. long. That's a long tenure. I mean, yeah. not, I mean, ER probably had three hundred more episodes, but 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing the exact count, the only thing I saw is Noah Wiley was on there for 250, so I'm assuming that's about how many they had. Yeah. So uh, Max meets Agent Fielding. Agent Fielding is part of Internal Affairs, who are supposed to be in, in investigating um, because Walker is no longer trusted because Atwood was his partner. That is yeah. the story they tell. Yeah, and it's it has the best moment of of this of comedic timing for Van Damme and this, where he keeps shutting the door on her as he's mm-hmm. talking to Miguel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just Matuz- no, you- Matuzic. Yeah, and this is where we get Bush. We get a virtual reality pops out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. Uh, our computer programmer is watching porn on the job. What's really the and, only problem he with what he's doing? Just to, you know, probably they, not do that at work. They both uh, predicted VR porn and POV porn, both being popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's getting a handy in that VR. <laughs> like, uh, was Bush big in the '90s? I think it was. Right? It was like it was it was still there, but it, it was on its way out. And well, then in, in the two thousands, it kind of yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's a Mer- I'm sure it's a Merkin. I'm sure it's not her. It's probably a <laughs> yeah. It was it was, it was it's big a Bushwick, in, but it was big in the later eighties, early nineties, and then the right. early two thousands. No, I, you know I can't two thousand and four, right? <laughs> I can't recall. You know I can't I cannot recall. I know now it's not a big thing, but it's it's like a preference. But regardless, I was just curious. This is kind of like a stereotype of the computer guy always being a pervert. Yes. Because they can't get laid, guys, because they're into computers. Get I, it? I had a split second moment where I thought this was Matthew Lillard. You wish. Come on. For, the, for like one second. But I was like, wait, Matthew? Oh, no, no, that's not him. Okay. And he's, this guy's complete with the uh, you know, the ponytail. He's got the glasses. I think he's got a uh, pocket protector, if I don't, if I'm, if memory serves. So he's all geeked out. Yeah, he probably plays D&D too, right, guys? What a nerd. Yeah, Loser. Nerd. <laughs> So, uh, so Walker Walker is intend intends to go back to 1994 because I guess they've tracked uh, Macomb there. Um, Fielding goes with him, uh, and they. This is kind of is this the first time we see how he goes back in time? Yeah. It is yes. right. Yep. And it's kind of uh, sort of like a space launch um, sent like a kind of a capsule on rails headed right for a wall. So if they don't get to go back, they die. Yeah, yeah. Seems uh, a little, uh, and McGill uh, delivers uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie where he goes, if she farts, she'll beat the teleporter. <laughs> is, that she, is that what he said? If yeah. she farts? Yeah, because like, she's so stressed about it. Uh, why would that matter? I don't want no 100% idea. what it means. I don't know 100% what it means, but uh, it's her first launch. Um and Jean-Claude Van Damme's super cool and collected because it's probably been a thousand times he's gone back in time at this point, right. 10 years in the force. Uh, and there's like a total recall moment where their faces all contort and shit uh, right before they, they make the jump and they land the Potomac. And this is kind of where we were talking earlier about it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why they were, um, you know, in a capsule. And then when they show up in the, in the past, they are freestanding and they just kind of fall from the sky. That's kind of inconsistent of how it affects them because the bad guys seem to have it all down pat, but uh, the good guys don't, but I guess it has to deal, do with the technology they're working with. It's Uh, usually how it works. Yeah. Um, Cause the, you know, the TEC is government funded, so they probably are, are behind in technology. Meanwhile, Macomb is kind of uh, stealing it, more or less. Um, so they land in the Potomac, and uh, 
they they go to the Parker Science Facility, Parker Macomb Science Facility, which is where kind of the time travel uh, technology is and where it originated. So nineteen we get to see nineteen ninety four Macomb. He's getting essentially bought out. Uh, of his shares in the time travel company by Parker because he doesn't have faith in the technology. That's when 2004 Macomb shows up and tells him, don't cash that check, you idiot. You're about to make an an enormous mistake. Um, And he, this is the first encounter of anybody that has uh, an encounter with their former selves. And the double effects on this one is actually pretty decent for 1994. They do yeah, a pretty good bad. job with the special effects in, in this scene. Um, so he's kind of telling his old self what to do. This is when Walker confronts them all. And uh, they pulled, he pulls a gun on them. And then uh, he has Fielding as backup. And this is where um, Macomb drops another very prophetic couple of lines. First of all, he says, We need someone in the White House so rich he doesn't have to listen to anybody. And his second line is... When I'm in office, it's going to be like the 80s again. Top 10% will get richer. Other 90% can emigrate to Mexico where they can live a better life. <laughs> I don't think he... It's a little on the nose. <laughs> it's very, very close. Very, very close. But he's not going to send people back to Mexico to live a better life. No. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> right? I mean, he, he only wants certain people to go back to Mexico. I mean, I, I mean if he's... I guess so. I mean, I don't think he would be sad if other people left. Probably not. That's a good point. (laughs) At its point, uh, Fielding reveals herself to be working for Macomb. Uh, Macomb kills the scientist, Parker, essentially making his younger self the lone owner of Parker Macomb. Yeah. Walker fights off the goons with a big wrench and some sweet kicks. (laughs) Some gunfights ensue and uh, start start a giant fire. Uh, and, right before, and he, I love uh, how they went with closer to the MythBusters way that those things would work than the video game way. That they wouldn't explode on contact; they would leak out and then explode once you shot it again. Sort of setup. Sure. You know how you know when you shoot it in the video games, you shoot the red barrel and it explodes like dynamite. Yeah. True. True. Uh, it, this one, it has to be sparked pretty much. Yeah. 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 Uh, so 2004, Macomb gives 1994 Macomb an envelope saying, open that and do whatever it says. Basically just giving his, his self some instructions. Um, Walker fights the, the goons. He get One of the goons gets his, forearm, his, his arm frozen and Walker kicks it off uh, using his sweet kick skills that he knows. You know who else <laughs> has some sweet kick skills is Fielding because she starts kicking Mac- uh, Walker. Um, oh yeah, she beats his ass for a little bit. Yeah, and then Walker finally decides that it's all right to hit this woman, so he hits her. Um, he has a pretty then... badass line, right? Because he goes, "I don't want to hit, I don't want to fight a woman," and she goes, "Well, don't." And then she, she starts to beat his ass, and then he he gives her like a what is he? He stops her kick, and he goes, "I've changed my mind," and just lays her out with one hit, <laughs> one punch. Yeah, he <laughs> knocks her in the face. Um, so Macomb intends to leave Fielding there for dead because he shoots her. Um, and as he so he leave, he goes back to 2004 and Walker also goes back to 2004 as a bunch of police uh, storm the building. When Walker gets back, he realizes everything has changed. Macomb now owns TEC and he's dismantling it now that he's president. Uh, 
Walker wants to go back to find Fielding because there is no record of Fielding. And she's basically his only other witness uh, to this. Uh, We realize that McComb has his own time travel machine because, uh, and that's the reason why he wants to dismantle the TEC. And he plans to send goons back to kill Walker before he joins the TEC. So he can stop him from killing Atwood and kind of all that butterfly effect stuff. So Matuzic helps Walker try and get back in time one last time before the government uh, ter- like dismantles everything. In the process, he gets shot by some guards, um, and but he's able to get Walker back into 1994, uh, and the pod sets two guards on fire. <laughs> which is awesome. Yes, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets back in time, and again, inconsistent, uh, so... So he's he gets sent back in a sitting position in a in a pod and then winds up walking in the middle of the street, almost gets hit by an 18 wheeler, but it just manages to duck underneath it right before he gets hit. Oh, some bad green screen. And that is that is is bad special effect. I will give you that. So Walker uh, tracks down where Fielding is in the hospital. Uh, He goes to to see her to basically say i need your help i need you to kind of be my witness um but she's obviously bedridden because she's been shot so he goes to see if he could get a blood sample from uh, the lab at the hospital to try and prove that she exists Uh, while he's doing that he finds his own his wife's pregnancy test because she was there moments before he was um while he returns back to fielding she was killed by some mulleted goons who put i guess uh yeah, they put something in her IV that killed her uh, pretty instantly. Uh, yeah. They think they the hospital staff thinks Walker did it. So he gets chased, uh, jumps out a window. Um, yeah, this, is, this is where we see for the first time since the beginning of the movie, those two thugs that look like they could have been jobbers in the WWF. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, one definitely looks like X-Pac. Um, <laughs> Um, so we're start, we, as, as we were just starting to realize this is kind of where we came in from the beginning. Uh, we, so he goes, he goes to the mall, finds his wife, Melissa, uh, similar, uh, like very similar to the first scene that they, we saw these two. Um, and he tells his wife about his time traveling and we see more of this fashion from these goons cause the goons are there again, as they were in the original scene. Um, he tells his wife to kind of you know, do what you're going to do um, and tell tell your husband, uh, tell tell me what you're what you want to tell me tonight, essentially, which is yeah. that she's pregnant. Um, he know, like I said, he knows not to cock block his younger self. Yes. Um, so he lets the fucking happen and just kind of listens downstairs while it's going on, I guess. <laughs> um, it would have been great if he did like a little fist pump. He's like, attaboy. Get it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be a, a weird surreal experience. Right. But uh, it can't be that bad because the no, one be, doing it. It's got to be pretty cool, but right. it's got to be surreal. It's like, whoa, what? That's crazy. I'm fucking right now, but I'm not fucking right now. I don't feel like I'm fucking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happens if you join? Well, you too, matter. You could touch himself though. Right. Matter can't occupy the same space. Yes. Eiffel, Eiffel towering only. You can't even Eiffel tower correctly. Why not? You could do the bridge. Well, you but, do London Bridge. But, yeah, because essentially uh, the Eiffel right, Tower, yes. you have to have the, the pinnacle. So that's when you got you grab hands. Or, or, or at so, least that's so. what they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe Mark, I'm confusing London Bridge with the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Yeah. Mark and I have never done so. <laughs> nope. 
Not together. Anyway. No, not together. Definitely not, right? <laughs> Definitely not together. Definitely not together. Um, but I guess you you could London Bridge. Although, yes. let's be clear, really, unless you're, you can't really occupy the same <laughs> space as as yourself just by high-fiving. You're still not. In, at the microscopic level, you are not occupying the same space. But you're also, I wonder if because you're, you're inside the same person. Does that count? No, because you're not. You're. I mean, you're. You're occupying the same, same person, person. <laughs> but not the same. <laughs> but you're. I'm trying to think, because if you're in the person right. at the same time, essentially, right. there's a connection. Right now, right. question: Let's say you ejaculate on her. Right. Both. Both of you. You both give her a facial. Does your ejaculate <laughs> occupy the same space? Or though, although technically, those cells aren't the same. They are you, the same. They're no. 100% the same. No, not at all. They not, are... not 10 years ago from... Your, your cum from 10 years ago isn't the same cum that you come when you are in 2004. <laughs> but you're now within 1994. So your semen is that of 1994, is it not? No, I'm assuming that your semen travels with you. Uh, That's a great question. Hello, Greek Geeks Vibe Nation. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, this is the, these are the answers to know. We've yeah. never pretended we were anything but a not safe for work podcast. No, no, I know. Right. I'm just, I'm just, say, is I'm waving hi to them so they know what they're in for. Thanks to uh, our I, listeners. Hello. I just want to know: are, if, is this if something that know, we should actively avoid? <laughs> if you know the answer to the question, would yeah. your form? I I am of the opinion that you're you're well. Also, technically, fluids. <laughs> Technically, getting back onto the human human thing, your your cells replace themselves every seven-ish seven years. years. Yeah. So technically, if you go back in time ten years ago, you are not the same person at the molecular level as you were then. So true. you can probably double team your wife and not worry about the implications of turning into an Akira like monster. <laughs> Well, it's probably in the handbook that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So you you might you I think you're you're probably safe, but I just, I I don't know, man. I, I feel as if there, you have that connection. It's, it's a huge gamble. It is a what is big the gamble, gamble. worth it? <laughs> I mean, cuz if you survive, that's a great story. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, that's a pretty awesome story. No one would believe it. you, but no, people in the future would because they know time travel is a thing. That's true. Right. So you could you can say like, you know, you like water cooler, you're with fellow agent, you know, Mark Myers, and Mark you, you ask me, Hey, so like how did your last mission go? I'm like, dude, I tag team my wife with myself. And you would believe it, right? Yeah. You have to. Because yeah. but but that's the thing. I mean, you would probably get in so much trouble for doing it because they like <laughs> The implications could be dire. Cause it sounds like a fireable offense if you work for the TEC. Yes. Now, say you impregnate. The, the future self impregnates the past wife. Wow. That's crazy. Right? So now, it's still technically your kid, right? It has to be. Yeah. But the, the, it's almost like, I'm trying to... Is oh, it that like, would yeah. totally screw over your younger self. Exactly. Like you it's like, so you don't have to deal with the the diaper changing and having to get up around right. the, you get you pick up that kid when he's 10 years old which essentially he does yeah 
But it, but not because he impregnates his past wife. No, he might He's, as well have though. Yeah, we are. Yeah, he had to skip all of that. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is some drawbacks. You're like, oh, he's so cute when he's a baby, and now he's like this chubby white kid. <laughs> Why didn't I teach him how to do splits yet? What is going on right now? Yeah, oh, this time travel opens up a craziness. It's Pandora's box is what it mm-hmm. is. So Pretty if anybody strange. knows the answers to these questions of whether or not your ejaculate could exist in the same place from 2004 and 1994, I do believe they would be completely different ejaculate, though. Not all ejac- You're not. It's not like one... It's not it's, one ejaculate for your entire life. It's from I, your I, balls, though. I feel right, like but you're not. You're not. You didn't produce. You didn't produce the ejaculate that you'll have now, ten years ago. So, you would have produced it like yesterday. I, so, I, I don't know exactly how how quickly I, you're. I feel like this is produce sperm. I feel like this is something that Bill Nye, the science guy, is. Looking All right, a little cre- that creep. <laughs> Just one one more thing. So, like, are you saying? Say you're tag teaming your wife, you pull out, get it on her face, right? If it, if yours touches, if your futures touches your younger selves, and there's like a little pool there, yeah, don't it? Something weird would happen. I just know it. Something weird would have to happen. Like a monstrosity, Jean Claude Van Damme would spring up from the goo and try to kill them both. Right, like I, I must destroy. My predecessor. They can only. It's almost like a Highlander moment. There can only Highlander be situation. one. Yes. <laughs> the offspring always tries to kill its older, you know, rival. I don't know. I don't know if there's any way to answer these questions. We'd have to. We'd have to write the porn par not parody, but the porn version of this movie to get to the bottom of it. What, what would it be called? Time slut. Yeah, I mean, time cock, obviously. Oh, Come yeah. On. <laughs> Come on, Dan. <laughs> I think that's too, that's too on the nose. I guess it really doesn't get talking about. Yeah, wood rockets with them, right? Yeah. Well, I think I'm still bad. <laughs> We're blocked. Uh, Just okay. trying to help. Just trying to help yeah. them. So, hey, you're going, uh, where do we leave off? Uh, so he doesn't cockblock his younger self. Melissa tells 1994 Walker she's pregnant. They're very happy. And then 2004 Walker goes to ambush the goons that killed Melissa. There's a lot of ambushing going along. He kind of does like, a bad job of it. Yeah, I mean, he's not great at it. He kind of, you know what he he just kind of leaves it just like with no time, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just like he should have been in the woods, like. But I guess he wanted to listen to himself fucking his wife. Really, <laughs> that's the only reason I can I can guess, right? He, because you're right. He knows well ahead of time that these guys are coming. Yep. He could have sprung a much better ambush for them instead of just waiting inside the door when they open it and like, hey, motherfucker, and then hits one of them and then the guy behind him, who we had no clue was there, he's got his shotgun again. So it, it was poor planning. Yeah. You know, you can listen to yourself fuck later. He could even just call the cops, too. It's true. Hey, someone's breaking into my house. Right. <laughs> you just call him like 20 minutes at a time or something like that. Or he could have handled it a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's poor planning, but yeah. a lot of ambushing going along. Um, a lot of fighting. 1994 Walker winds up on the roof. He gets shot, falls off. 2004 Walker is shooting dudes in the woods. Um, and then some more sweet kicks. Uh, but then eventually uh, 2004 Macomb shows up and takes Melissa hostage. He makes fun of Walker's kicking. <laughs> oh, he says you should have been on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> so so even in a movie starring him, he gets made fun of for his accent and his kicking. The two things he's known for. Yeah. 
<laughs> he didn't make any mention of his splits. That was the only thing that like survived in terms of his saving face. Because no one who has ever seen his splits lives to tell about it. Guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Macomb sets a bomb, and the plan is that Macomb has no interest in like leaving. I guess it doesn't I, look like it. Yeah, which is weird because um, he's still himself. He's him, so he's like it's su- it's still suicide. Uh, well, essentially, he doesn't care because he knows his younger self will be fine. Yeah. So it doesn't matter because yeah. essentially he'll kill himself there, but will still wind up in two thousand four because the younger self is alive. Sure, and I wonder. If part of his plan is that his younger self will eventually avoid, hmm, I guess if he if his plan goes, then his younger self wouldn't have to go through all the trouble to kill Walker because Walker is supposed to die at that moment. So now 1994, Macomb wouldn't die again in 2000. So I guess they're alternate time. They're he's he's alternating the timeline again. Right, right. Time travel is trippy, ladies and gentlemen. Even when you're not talking about cum. Yeah, yeah there are serious matters <laughs> when it comes to tra- time travel. <laughs> is that is that an Instagram post? Time travel is tricky, ladies and gentlemen. Even when you're not talking about cum. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what to post, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he sets a bomb. Uh, and 1994, Walker comes to shoots one of the goons and has a fight in the yard. The one that looks like X Pac. Um, 2004. Uh, so he gets the shit kick out of him. Um, but 2004 Walker comes to the rescue and breaks the goon's neck. And 1994 Walker is passed out for the remainder of the climax. Um, 2004 uh, Walker told 1994 Macomb to come to the house. Now, 2004 Macomb's plan is ruined because now 1994 Macomb will die if the house floods up. <laughs> right. That was God, a hard time one to say. Movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So there's a standoff uh, between 2004 Walker holding 1994 Macomb hostage and 2004 Macomb holding Melissa hostage. Yes. Um, Eventually, she gets shot in the shoulder. Again, uh, by poor planning. By poor planning. (laughs) Very poor planning. Walker uses one of his sweet kick moves again. And kicks uh, 1994 Macomb into 2004 Macomb, and they turn into a blob, like in the end of Akira. Yeah, 2004 uh, Macomb had plenty of time to avoid 1994 Macomb. By the way, when he because yeah. it, it reminded me of that Austin Powers when he he's on the, uh, the steamroller stuff. <laughs> he had a good he had maybe two seconds to move out of the way. There was plenty of time, but time. what happens happened. Yep, so he turns into a blob monster, um, and Walker just manages to get him and his wife out just in time, which probably would have been just been easier to get rid of the bomb. I mean, he only had he only had 15 seconds. I feel like he could have opened up a window and thrown it out. Um, yeah. It was a pretty massive bomb. Uh, yeah, it takes up the whole house, pretty much. So he manages to save himself and his wife. He puts his wife on top of, like, next to him, his 1994 self. Instead of calling the ambulance, <clears throat> maybe he does. Well, we don't see shot. it. Though. Yeah. Um, so he goes back to 2004, and immediately he noticed things have changed. Parker, the original scientist, now owns the tech that TEC has. Matuzic is alive again. Senator Macomb hasn't been seen in 10 years. He runs into Fielding, who doesn't know who he is. 
And then he goes home and his Melissa is alive with a 10 year old kid with a bowl cut. Um, And apparently they rebuilt the house to the exact same specifications as the one that blew up in 1994. That's right. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that's our happy ending. Yeah, they miss a great opportunity when she sees how confused he is, you know, with everything to just have her make a comment like, you know, that she remembered, like, like, say something like welcome back or something like that. That's true. She would know. Like yeah. at the end of uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, right? When Logan meets Professor X again and he's like, it's good to have you back. That would have been that would have been cool to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. not even a long explanation, just welcome back, you know, and then the kiss. Oh. And then, great, then that's a nod to the audience that, yes, she remembers, sure. you know. And... It, it ties everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little package. And that's Time Cop. I enjoyed this movie. I'm not even yeah. gonna lie. I don't. I didn't love it. I had a good time with it. It's um, it's far too silly. I thought it was fun. It's uh, too serious for how silly. It is. I just had a good time, man. I don't know. I think you know it, the the time travel stuff is goofy. Um, but I thought I thought how they kind of tied in the like the first few scenes with the last few scenes. I thought I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a a nice interesting idea and i thought that worked yeah um i'm in agree in agreement with you that it was a, a good idea but i just thought it was performed poorly so you think john claude van damme wasn't good in this movie you thought he was a detriment to this movie no i thought he was just john claude van damme i thought everyone else was a detriment who specifically uh, oh M- macomb is he's your run-of-the-mill bad guy you know? I, thought he, I thought he was an interest. I, I liked I liked that performance. I thought it was a, a, an interesting idea of, you know, uh, I maybe maybe as part of the fact that it was a little prophetic is what I what I thought yeah. was interesting. It was like the fact that he's it's so some of the things he says is so on the nose that it's so, it's baffling. But to take so take away, obviously, the person we have in the house today. The guy's just like your run-of-the-mill bad guy. He wants money. That's all he wants, right? Yeah, well, it's... he wants to be president specifically. Well, that's fine, but he doesn't. He doesn't really care much about the presidency. He just he wants more. He wants all the money. Sure. That's all he cares about. So it's just your run-of-the-mill bad guy. Uh, I don't know. The, the a lot of the action scenes were pretty poorly choreographed. I thought. Obviously, the, the the knife fight sticks sticks out comes to mind the most. But everything else was pretty ugh. Just like blah in my opinion okay. and it was and it felt very rushed at times okay like he, so he goes to the hospital he meets up with uh fielding and then all of a sudden fielding's dead like, yeah. oh, all right that... this is one thing i will say that i thought they missed an opportunity of of their relationship um i thought they i thought they could have explored that a little more uh maybe not have just killed her so immediately right she really didn't have a an overall point to the movie Really? At all? You no. probably can lift her out completely, and it's the same movie. I don't. Okay. I if there's there's nothing I can think of the, out, the, off the top of my head. Yeah, the only thing that she was there for was to show how powerful Macomb was. I understand. Essentially, that. They, they had that swerve, and that he can get to anybody. Sort of. It didn't. It didn't come across well. No, I, but, but that I was mean. The point. But he's he already had Atwood, who was already a, was a former work uh, TEC. So yeah. you already made you're you know he's already got someone like that in his pocket. You could probably have 
you could probably take her out and explore the Atwood part even more. Or, or have made maybe. her his partner to begin with. Right. Or maybe you maybe you take Atwood and he's still a member of TEC and he's and he's going back to back to the past, like behind everyone's back. Sure. I think that probably fits better than her yeah. story arc. And I also li- lifts right out. The yeah. like the only thing I could really even see her point is to get her get him into that hospital so he could see that his wife was having a baby. And that's so so inconsistent in inconsequential. Right. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I was gonna say without her, you don't get him uh, delivering the stellar line when she says that she wishes she could call her uh, younger self to warn her uh. about having sex with that guy. And he said, "Well, a, a good woman or a real woman or a something would woman. call the a smart woman would call the guy and give him a few tips." Oh, that's nice. He's a nice guy. Bros before hoes. That's John Jean Claude Van Damme, man. Throughout this whole movie, yep. looking out for his his guys. Uh, I, I thought the ending was kind of it. it it's it felt rushed because I I just remember thinking I'm watching this. I'm like, all right, there's 20 minutes left, and they've been in this house scene forever. When's he gonna get Macomb? And then Macomb shows up to him. Which I thought, well, why would he go to his house? Why wouldn't, you know, why would he get his hands dirty? This guy running for president. So it just, it didn't make sense to me. I thought uh, Max would have to go to Macomb at the end. So I, I just, I didn't like the ending. I didn't mind it. I, I, I like that it heart, it went back to the, to the beginning as all time travel movies should. Sure. And, and I think that was pretty obvious. That was, you see her die in the beginning and you already know, well, obviously this is time travel. Yeah. So he's going to go back and save her breaking sure. that you can't do that. But I, thought, I just thought it was a nice payoff. Uh, I, yeah. thought they, okay. I thought they, I thought they accomplished that well. Okay. Uh, you know, that's how you feel. Listen, Ant, that's, <laughs> that's why we have this podcast. Cause we Absolutely. can, we can discuss these point and counter. Sure. Like gentlemen in a civilized manner. Yes. Unless you're Mark, and then Mark is completely wrong. <laughs> Mark, what do you think? Is there any way you could see uh, making this movie better? Um, or not really, because I had a whole lot of fun. The only, only thing was I wish they would have, at the very end, tied it together, you know, with her, you know, acknowledging that she realized that this was the day he went back, you know, to save her. Just mm-hmm. something like you that. You just would have added that little wink. Yeah, just that little welcome back, you know, sort of. To acknowledge, you know, it's a question. She might, she probably doesn't know though when when he went back and what time he would come back. Because really, in her life, he's been in her life every day. So while she knows that he goes back to at some point, I don't. You know, we never see a scene where he's like, "Oh, when I left, it was October 9th, two thousand and four." I'm not saying the exact date, but just his the way he was acting. Sure, when I he guess came so. Home that day. I guess maybe he, different. Yeah, I suppose. It's it's along the same vein as when in the first Back to the Future where Marty leaves his mom and his dad in nineteen fifty five, how they don't immediately recognize him when he goes back to nineteen eighty five. Like, damn, you look like Calvin Klein. You but there think... is no photo evidence of what Calvin Klein looked like. So you they would... might forget what Calvin Klein looked like. Because it was only a week of their lives. Yeah. What's the I mean, he had a huge influence on his father. You sure. Would... Right, but it was still just a week. So, okay, I, a I week can understand thirty that. years ago. True. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just to me, I feel like man, like I, I think Back to the Future could have had that moment where they kind of he looks so familiar. Sure. But they they can't place why. I think it's also as we mentioned like last week on the podcast, like the lies we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. The, the father doesn't want to be like, hey, why does he look so much like? <laughs> right, and and the mom like I almost banged my son. 
I'm assuming. Or maybe she still wants to. I don't know. Right. Regardless, you're right. <laughs> you're right. The, the lies we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Over, so, overall, Time Cop, uh, I was not a fan of this movie. Uh, it, it's fun. I, I wasn't bored by it, but I just, I think this is one of the one of the best versions of they called this a movie because it, it was, I think it had a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. It stars a, a big time action star and it's just, it, it's so, it's not corny, but it, it is corny. What What's a good, it's just there. It's cheesy. It, yeah, it's just, it's nineties cheese. It is definitely nineties cheese and not to me. It's not good. Nineties cheese. It's just kind of past its prime. Okay. 90s cheese, my <laughs> it doesn't hold up even though it that's not true because it has the the, the trump references but god damn, i to, to me it doesn't hold up in terms of action movie it uh it was released to theaters it made 44 million dollars 44.853 to be exact that's not bad. was the 31st movie in 1994 that's not bad uh that's not a bad haul yeah was Did it have its budget uh, I don't know what the budget is. I could probably check that real quick. Because uh, I mean, you adjust that for inflation, that's like a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the budget was about twenty-seven, so it's yeah. like the it almost it doubled, doubled almost. Yeah. yeah. Worldwide gross made a hundred million dollars. Okay. Um, it was it just lost. It beat out City Slickers two, which was number thirty-two that year. And lost to D2, the Mighty Ducks, which was number 30 that year. Not a bad group. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's Time Cop. Uh, some of us enjoyed it more than others, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think this is a pretty good episode. We went off the rails a lot. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah this is definitely great. not safe for work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we should uh, preface that. <laughs> <laughs> Very, uh, in, our, in our third act, it gets a little hot. Gets but, a little blue. Yeah, it gets a little blue for sure. But yeah, no, this is gonna be our, our other episode. Uh, this is I'm gonna try and get this up tomorrow, which is Thursday, um, if I can. If not, it'll be up Friday. Uh, you can get this podcast on they call this movie.podbean.com. Any kind of streaming app that comes with podcasts, so like iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast, we should be able to come up. Just search for They Called Us a Movie. Uh, we are part of the main Damie. So it's the main Damie.com is the main website. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the main Damie. And now we are affiliated with Geek Vibes Nation. And you can find them at gvnation.com. And I believe. That's essentially their Instagram, their Twitter, and uh, all that kind of good stuff. GV Nation, I believe. Just look for Geek Vibes Nation on any of those, and they, you should come up. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, on the they did a episode last week, uh, Geeks Against the Grain, which features our our one and only Mark Myers. Yes, where he talked about Spider-Man: Homecoming and how much he hated it, uh, which you can listen to that. Just um, as much as I hate Star Wars. Much as you hate Star Wars. Um, so we'll be pop. We'll probably be be popping up on that on that ep- on that show ever so often. Um, I don't know uh, what their next episode is, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but we will be back next week um, with another episode. It is Easter week coming up, so maybe we'll have something for that. Uh, but do you guys have anything you want to plug? Anyone thing you want to talk about? Anything I missed? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, our own personal Twitter accounts, uh, I'm dequino122. Uh, you could also check out our Stranger Damies Twitter account and our Instagram page. So it's uh, at, Stranger da- uh, at Stranger Damies on both Twitter and Instagram, I believe. Uh, and Mark, take away the rest. Yeah, so Stranger Damies posts every Wednesday. The episode that just posted on this Wednesday may be our best episode. Um, it's pretty fucking good because it's the best combination of me playing some stuff out story-wise along with you guys just completely going off the rails in terms of what i had set up there um we definitely take the ball and run with it yeah i had some games set up for you guys to play you took advantage of one of them which was purposely set up because i knew it was going to be one of the ones chosen um and then instead of going to play the other games you guys just completely ad-libbed, improv your own thing, and it's beautiful to listen to. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun acting it out. And it was fun talking about it afterwards. Like, obviously, that's not on the episode, but just the fact of certain things you didn't realize before even doing it, <laughs> that made it even better. Um, I, yeah, I like so. how everyone was involved, like, the whole party much in on it. So yeah. uh, everyone got to do something real special. Yeah, and, and only one of the only one of you took it really seriously. <laughs> no, I wonder who. <laughs> which is which fit everything perfectly. It fit, yeah, it was just it was just beautiful. Yes. Um. So yeah. So this is you know the second part of our last session that we did, and we're doing a new one Saturday. So you'll get some you know uh, fresh new stuff content. coming up, and then the hope is. Um, I would say May, um, May or June, whichever one of those sessions, um, we may be uh, have video at that point. Um, and I already got some ideas on how to do maps and stuff like that um, for your viewing pleasure. And then yeah, that, yeah. I, I could say that will also tie into five Am I allowed to say hopefully. that? Hopefully, yeah. Okay, I mean that's yeah. yeah we still got to figure it out, but yeah. hopefully that yeah, is I, the I plan but you know the... we may do one session of just us you know just to make sure we get the kinks out before sure. going to a wide wider audience um so yeah. yeah so that's about it yeah every wednesday you know itunes google play um you know podbean uh you can search all that any podcast service honestly that you use just search for stranger damies and and it should pop up there um, I know a lot of you are already listening, including our one fan in the Czech Republic. Um, so nice. Shout out to that guy um, or, or gal. Girl. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully, uh, it's a foxy lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's about it. Great. Uh, yeah. So this has been they call this a movie, and specifically our episode on Time Cop from 1994. Uh, I you can find me at Ant Delvec. Uh, Mark, you didn't. I don't think you said your Twitter, but you're oh, at yeah. Off the Mark Tweet. At Off the Mark Tweet. Uh, I'm just a Brace Harper account now, so yeah. feel free to to follow uh, that. <laughs> Mark, uh, Dan, you're at Diaquino122. Correct. That is correct. Right. Uh, yes. So it's been Time Cop 1994, directed by Peter Hyams. Hyams? Hyams? I'm going to say Hyams. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Peter Hyams to go fuck himself. <laughs>